0: kansas anymore are you ready No, i'm just
1: getting warmed up this task was appointed to you
0: i said i want the truth i say we take off and move the entire site
1: i'm catherine and today i'm joined by bbfc education officer heidi renton to discuss classifying difficult themes in films And they don't come much harder than the subject of school shootings, such as the one that's explored in the film and also the book We Need to Talk About Kevin. Welcome back to the podcast, Heidi.
0: Thank you Catherine, hello, nice to be back
1: Now for anyone who hasn't seen the film or
0: read the book on which it's based what do we need to talk about Kevin about? Well it's a drama and it's about a woman Eva, who's trying to deal with her grief after her teenage son Kevin, from the title, uh, embarks on a murderous rampage at his school, so as you'd expect it's quite a sombre, quite disturbing psychological character study that encompasses quite wide themes of psychosis, guilt, grief and family dysfunction. It's got a, a a really heavyweight, impressive cast. It's got the wonderful Tilda Swinton, who plays Eva. John C. Riley plays the father. And Ezra Miller plays the teenage Kevin, who, of course, has come to more prominence in later years in Suicide Squad, playing The Flash. There are two younger actors, Jasper Newell and Rock Dewar, who play sort of very young and then slightly older versions of Kevin. And it's seamlessly...
1: Because the film follows right up from when when she's pregnant to when the baby's born, and she has quite a difficult relationship with the baby, and it all seems quite strange and there is that sense of foreboding throughout the film and the child characters are really important in that I think in that building up this sense of that she can't seem to have this normal psychological connection
0: with her son and something's not quite right Absolutely and I think really the casting of those three you know, young men in those roles was a stroke of genius really So as you mentioned it's also based on a book so the book was by um, Lionel Shriver, best-selling novel it was published I think in about 28 countries and over a million copies sold worldwide so obviously quite prominent And this film's interesting because it's one of a number of films over the years that have looked at causes and consequences of student-on-student violence in school settings. So you could look back a few decades to a film like If, Lindsay Anderson's uh, film from 1968. Um, there's, There's a shooting at the end of that sort of public school quite a disturbing film I remember it clearly watching it when I was younger Um, more recently obviously you've got films you could compare it with like the documentary Bowling for Columbine Michael Moore's award winning study which looked specifically at the Columbine High School Massacre in 1999 so back to Kevin then so Kevin was directed by um, a woman called Lynne Ramsey who's a young Scottish director and before this she'd only done a couple of uh, short films and um, one or two low budget sort of feature length films um, including one of my personal favourites actually Morvan Callar um which stars Samantha Morton and it's based on a on a book from 1995, Alan Warner's novel, and that had got her quite a lot of critical attention. Film festival um, award, she got an award at Cannes as well. So I think sort of people noticed that her star was on the rise. So when Kevin came along, I'm using Kevin because obviously the title is quite long to say each time, but we're talking about the film Kevin. That project was quite a different prospect I think for her because it's a much larger budget um, you know high profile because of the book and quite a challenging film because for those of you who have read the book you'll know that the action unfolds via a sequence of letters between um, from uh, Eva Kevin's mother to the father and I think when the project was announced there was some sort of speculation as to how the film treatment might do justice to that sort of quite unusual form of storytelling. How they actually tackled it is to make very effective use of this kind of elliptical editing style so you keep flipping the audience back um, from things that happened, you know, before she was pregnant to after the massacre's happened and, you know, with no sort of warning, um, you know, before the attack and after the attack. So it's got this quite disorientating effect on the audience, which I think is meant to sort of mirror her confusion and, you know, things that are going on for her. So the film's obviously exploring a mother's guilt, her confusion, her grief. It's also asking questions about Kevin's sort of disturbed state of mind, So, it's going into areas of sort of mental illness that are quite frightening and um, difficult to deal with. So, I think for us, this focus on mental health issues, which obviously is becoming increasingly relevant and, you know, very topical subject, can make for quite an uncomfortable viewing experience for people. So we've got a film with clear category-defining issues, um, you know, strong themes, school shooting. There were other issues such as strong, very strong language, and some sex and sex references. But I think it's the sort of tonal issues that really contribute to the film being very bleak, potentially upsetting in its sort of emotional landscape. So in classification terms, it's a good example of a film, I think, where both these elements, the content, and the way it makes you feel when you're watching it can really influence the rating. So there's some really challenging
1: issues and ideas in the film then. How do we go about classifying films where the theme is so sensitive and it's also so similar to real-world events?
0: So in our guidelines we say, classification decisions will take into account the theme of a work but will depend significantly on the treatment of that theme and especially the sensitivity of its presentation. And a bit later we say, however, there's no reason in principle why most themes, however difficult, could not be presented in a manner which allows classification at 18 or even where suitable at lower levels. So that's what we would have had in our mind thinking about this film coming in and how we might age rate it. So BBFC staff who classified it, you know, they recognised obviously it's, it's a very powerful film, has the power to disturb Um, you know, it cuts quite close to the bone and there's a feeling that perhaps some people who watch it both parents and also teenagers and adolescents could relate to the sort of psychological observations related to their own lives which could potentially be quite upsetting I mean, I clearly remember how I first felt when I saw the film. I don't, don't know if you do, but I felt like somebody sort of whacked me over the head with a soft mallet. It was so impactful, and I'd read the book, so I kind of knew the narrative developments, and yet the treatment of the film still really kind of sat with me. I thought about it for a long time afterwards. So we've got this difficult theme, we've got this unsettling tone, and then there were some very specific you know, guidelines, issues that we need to think about. If you go online and look at the um, record for this film, The Short Form Insight, it talks about what the main category-defining issues are. So we've got strong and very strong language, first off. By very strong language, we mean, obviously, the C word. You know, it's very offensive to a lot of people. We talk about it being generally acceptable in the guidelines at 15 if it's used infrequently, but very much depending on the context. So in this particular scene, obviously I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it's used by Kevin to his mother... So it's telling us something about the relationship between them. And we thought about the context carefully here and whether there are any sort of aggravating factors like violence or the threat of immediate violence, which, you know, wasn't the case. So, you know, that felt containable at 15. Then another issue that we have is strong sets because there's one scene in this which really, you know, sticks in my mind where Kevin's mother accidentally walks in on him doing something private in his bedroom like people do (laughs) anyway there's no explicit detail of sexual activity in this scene it's all kind of impressionistic Um, and what the audience is asked to focus on is the way kevin reacts to his mother's surprise appearance which makes it just excruciatingly awkward scene to watch it's you know it's telling us a lot about their relationship so the sex that's implied in this scene ratchets up the kind of shocking disturbing tone in the film Then we've got another issue, which is that there's some sexualised nudity that appears. So uh, in in something else that happens, there are some sort of fleeting images of naked women seen on a computer screen, you know, watching pornography or or something like that. But it's interesting because while the sexualised nudity registers with the viewer, it's very brief. So you only just get, again, an impression. You don't make out much proper detail. And then finally, and last but definitely not least, as you could might have expected, given you know the storyline of this, there are some strong and disturbing you know images of violence. Uh, some of these show victims you know blood stained dead victims students, um, some have arrows embedded in their bodies, others are seen dead in the school setting, dead and wounded um, you know people lying around so taking all of those together, each of those issues under our guidelines would be individual acceptable at 15 but then there's also that's only part of the classification story you know it's an interesting film because it is powerful and affecting to watch it really absorbs you Um, and we felt that this potential audience response to the difficult theme and the tone of the film was as important in determining the classification as the specific issues and you know of course one of our vital jobs you know is always thinking about who's this likely to appeal to this this you know any any film that we watch so that we try not to classify it too cautiously and therefore take it away from its natural audience, which in this case, for this film, we thought it's likely to be both adults but also older teenagers as well. You know, it's tricky. You've got all these aggravating factors, all of these issues. You've got the difficult theme, you know, the shocking aspects of it. But we're always trying to balance up what are the aggravating factors with what are the sort of mitigating factors the things that kind of soften it. And there were a number in this case. Um, You know, the fact, as we said, it's based on a book. So there's already a bit of a known quantity. People might have read it, you know, might be sort of prepared and knowing what they're going in to see. I think it's also important that the sort of shocking events of the film are really well signposted. So the audience is not taken by surprise, they know what's coming. And very importantly, again, particularly within the guidelines, is this kind of idea of restraint that's handled quite carefully. You know, the massacre doesn't happen till the end, it's hinted at. You see shocked crowds, and you don't actually see the the acts of killing. Um, You see the aftermath, you see the shots of the bodies afterwards. I think that's very important. We react differently to seeing violence enacted on human bodies than we do to seeing dead bodies afterwards. And it's interesting because given this sort of predominance of red imagery throughout the film that we've talked about, it's obviously a sort of standing motif because relatively little blood is actually seen as a result of the violence. You can imagine um, a treatment of this film, we see a lot more blood, but it's shown in other ways through this kind of red theme. Another thing that we thought about was the fact that the sort of the idea, the nature of the film, the theme of it would have been flagged up in the media, you know, features, reviews, articles. People, you know, would know pretty much what it was about before they went in to see it. And of course, you know, our BBFC Insight Online would have told them a little about that too. And then finally, we have precedents. I mentioned earlier films like Bowling for Columbine, Past at 15, tackling the same subjects, you know, school shootings Um, student-on-student violence and so we felt that if we pass this at 15 which is what we did that the film Kevin would be unlikely to confound public expectations at that category so it's quite a solid 15 classification for us I think.
1: Now I know in your role as education officer at the BBFC it means you speak and work with lots and lots of young people around the UK and quite often in their own classrooms. Now, given the subject matter of this film and its themes, I can imagine it
0: would provoke quite a reaction among groups of teenagers that you speak to. We certainly had some interesting discussions with students, pretty much all of whom agreed with the 15. They could see the sort of mitigations that we were talking about, how it doesn't glorify violence, it's very much a sincere exploration of it. I generally find teenagers to be curious and uh, open and, and keen to discuss challenging ideas, such as in this film, And I think partly that might be encouraged by, you know, the popularisation of of feature-length documentaries, which we've seen more of in recent years, which stimulate audiences to think beyond the news headlines. You know, documentaries such as the one I mentioned earlier, so Michael Moore's film, Bowling Follumbein, on that same subject.
1: Yes, that film also looked at a school shooting, didn't it? But I suppose the difference here is that that was about a real-life act of violence when, was it two US high school students carried out a massacre at their school? So. When we classified Bowling for Columbine, did that have different challenges for us because it was a documentary rather than a, a fictional film based on a book?
0: Probably the the major difference was the presence of, your sort of newsreel, archive clips, CCTV of real violence happening. Obviously it's, it's dramatised in uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. I think the fact for us that there was real footage in there. So you had things like, um, there was a, there's a montage in the film that's got quite a brief sequence of things like a criminal being shot when he's led away by people in uniform. There's a man firing a gun into his mouth but the camera cuts away at the last minute there's a plane crashing into the twin towers during the 9/11 attack and then of course you've got things like not just the sort of audio of the 911 calls made to and from the school during the columbine shooting which you know got desperate parents and students it's it's very affecting we've also got footage from inside the school with the shooters walking around the school and people hiding under tables but importantly i think for us um, we don't see sight of students being um, actually killed on this cctv footage so although it's you know obviously quite disturbing it's quite restrained again you've got a mixture of things like you know it's quite grainy it's black and white um, in some of the other clips I talked about where the real violence is masked, that the stronger process detail of the violence is masked or the shots cut away. So you've got this sort of element of understatement that keeps the classification from needing to be too high. And importantly again, thinking about that balancing the context of these images was vital in the documentary. So you know, by very definition, a documentary is asking you to be analytical about it, think about why you're being shown this information. And it's also offering a bit of distance to the viewer from, you know, the the sort of stronger effects of it and asking them to sort of process the images in a different way than a narrative film. So yeah, so we passed it at 15. There was some strong language in the documentary as well, but that all made for a 15 classification.
1: Well, thank you, Heidi. That was a really interesting look at a very difficult topic. Now remember, you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast using the feedback form on the podcast page. You can also email us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk or you can tweet us at BBFC.